You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Guest Room Tourist Blues. My name is Dan Valpo and I'm here with Emily Cannell. Uh, no Steve this week. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. Uh, we are coming off of a phenomenal Sixers win to tie the series 2-2. Two two. Um, the last time we recorded the podcast, the series had uh, not started yet. And um, we started off with the Heat going up 2-0, which was kind of to be expected. You know, without Embiid, the first two games, a little disappointing. Um, Embiid came back game three, not great offense, but but still, you know, completely, you know, made his mark on that game on the defensive end of the floor. And even, you know, with his, just his, you know, influence on, on the offensive, on the offensive side of things. Um, and game four, it was a close game. Um, the Sixers didn't pull away at the end like they did in game three, but they hung tough and they won by eight. And, you know, long story short, we're at a 2-2 series here. We're, so we're um, looking at a best of three with two in Miami. Uh, to see if the Sixers can get to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time that I can remember and for the first time in Joel Embiid's career. Uh, I don't really know where to start with this because there's been so many games this week and they've all been very important, which is unusual when we record a podcast. But uh, Emily, just anything you're thinking right now, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird that we haven't talked about any of the playoff games. Like, I don't know. It's crazy that they played four games this week and they were all extremely important playoff games. Um, Yeah, the first two were shit and the last two were great. And I hope that the rest are more like the last two. I just think that the difference in these in this team when Joel is on the court versus when Joel is not, not even on the court, but available to play meaningful extended minutes. And when he is you know, concussed is literally night and day. They're two completely different teams. And the team that we saw tonight, especially with the way James Harden was playing, and we can talk about it, like, if I saw that team and if that team can be reproducible, like, I would be nervous if you're any other team in the East, the way they played tonight, like the way Harden shot. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, we'll definitely get into, you know, this this Bucks and um, Celtic series is definitely not going how I think a lot of us expected, um, but we can touch on that a little later. Um, you mentioned James Harden tonight, six of ten from three. He had thirty-one points. I mean, how many times did we see that graphic that James Harden hadn't had twenty-five points in a playoff game since, like, you know, who knows when? Um, I saw that over and over and over and over again. 
and tonight he dropped 31, hit like four clutch threes at the end of the game. Um, just really helped him hang in there at the end. Tough possessions, Miami locked down, Harden hit some shots. Um, looking over the rest of the box score tonight, um, Embiid had 24 points, seven of 13 from the field, uh, one of three from three, although that one was a, was a banker, so he really didn't shoot the threes too well. Um, nine of 13 from the foul line, but he started five for five, finished four for eight. And, you know, he also had a miss on a lane violation, really ugly foul shots to end the game for Embiid, but um, it's just great to see him out there. Um, Maxi at 18, uh, definitely stepped up big in, you know, a few moments there. Um, not Harris's best game. He had 13 on 10 shots, but again, his, his bad games in these playoffs have been so much better than his bad games in the regular season. This was maybe a bad game for Tobias in the playoffs, but, you know, still had that clutch alley-oop from the maxi pass um, at the end of the game. And I think he's been really solid for us. Um, Danny with, you know, th again, three for four from three after going seven of nine last game, you know, as great as you could possibly hope for. Nyang with 10 points off the bench. Thibel not as awful as we had seen from him in that Toronto series. He had a three. He had a corner three. He, he did have a three. He was um, one of two from three, two of three from the field. Um, I think the other one was off of an Embiid pass, I want to say, um, his other bucket. So, um, you know, really, really good game. Lowry in his two games back has had zero and six points. Um, when Embiid came back out of bio, had he was beat up tonight. He, he was, he was definitely um, looking like the hamstring wasn't right. Um, you know, Adebayo at 21 tonight after only nine in game three. You know, he's going to be tougher than he was in game three, but Embiid has still done a really nice job to limit what he could do. Butler had 40. Um, he played phenomenal. I don't think you could expect that from him every night, but he is a great player. It's not crazy to think that he could have a 40-point game. Um, besides those two, besides Butler and Adebayo, really, you know, the other starters had six, six, and seven. Hero only had 11 after killing us the first two games. I think a big part of that is having Embiid in there, you can have guys be more aggressive on him on the perimeter. Um, Depot at 15, which is kind of crazy. He took a million foul shots. He had like a James Harden stat line. Um, eight of 10 from the foul line for his 15 points, only three of nine from the field. Um, Gabe Vincent only had two. He's killed us all year. Um, Morris only played three minutes and um, Embiid, Embiid blocked him all the way out to the three-point line from about, you know. And then he fell over. From the basket, yeah. Um, like I said, I, it was a great game. Um, what were your, I mean, we, you know, we touched on, you know, Harden was phenomenal. Um, Embiid is obviously helpful. Um, do you have any other big takeaways from, from this game four here? Yeah, I think we got something that's important is we got as much help from the bench as we could hope for. The announcers kept saying like, oh, Doc Rivers really doesn't like to go too deep into his bench. Like he really likes to stay with the starters. And I was like, yeah, that's because his bench is trash. Like there's no one on that bench that is it worth is, playing. It is funny though, that MB got hurt. And for games one and two, Doc was like, after running like an eight man rotation, he's like, I guess we got to go 12 deep. You know, we don't have, yeah. any, you know, might as well add three guys in there. Maybe three guys makes up one MB. And so he's like, well, just to add more people. Well, he was he was wrong if that's what he thought. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I think he played like nine. I think he played nine tonight. Shake got some minutes. Um, they were you know nothing, but I think having you know a good 
double digit game from George and having Matisse looking better on defense and kind of contributing there more after a really terrible start in the series. Um, I think that is the key because you're going to get the same kind of stuff from Embiid. You're going to get those, that kind of stat line from Embiid. You're going to hopefully get it from Harden. Um, yeah, you said Tobias had like a lower offensive output game, but he was also kind of in foul trouble. I think he sat for a while because he had three and yeah, he finished with five fouls was out for a while. So, but I just, he's just been so good in this series, just like defensively and just like decision-making and it's been so impressive and it's kind of interesting to see how that will all play into like the off season and trade talks and his you know, it's like, do you want to trade him if he's playing like this? But like, also his trade value is going to be really, really high if he's playing like this. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the offseason. But it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, it's the kind of thing I like, don't want to talk about right now because, um, you know, I feel like, you know, this is the team right now. And this team has a shot. It's, they have a I shot want to enjoy way. this team right now. I like exactly. that. I mean, they have a shot in a way I didn't feel like they did last year. And I know, you know, I everyone thought I was a big pessimist last year. And I was, but it turned out I was kind of right. Like the, the team was a disappointment last year. And I, I don't feel that way about this year's team. I, I feel good about the group we have. And, you know, any longtime listener to the podcast knows I'm not the biggest Tobias fan, but I'm a huge fan of how he's been playing lately. And yes, he only had 13 tonight on 10 shots. Yes, he was one of four from three. Those threes were in rhythm. They were, they were quick shots. He's been making quicker decisions. You know, we talked about this during the Raptor series. When it's like Tobias played better last year than he did in his previous time with the Sixers. But it was just kind of like he's making more shots. He's not doing anything differently. And these playoffs, he's playing different. He's playing quickly. He's playing, you know, decisively. And the only time he's backing someone down and taking, you know, these weird mid-range shots that he seemed to love in the past is when he has a mismatch and he's got Lowry on him or another small guy on him. And I love how he's playing. And even his bad games have not frustrated me at all because they've been okay games. As someone making that kind of money should have their bad game be because he's playing the right way that this team needs him to play. And um, there was a tweet from uh, Lauren Rosen the other day, and I want to see if I can find it. But basically, you know, this tweet said, um, you know, Tobias was, oh, here it is. Um, Tobias Harris noticed the standing ovation he received from Sixers fans last night. This was yesterday, so this is in reference to game three. Um, And his response was, you see my heart right here, it's warm. And, you know, I am, it makes me really happy to see. Because I think that, you know, yes, we've been very hard on Tobias, but we've been hard on Tobias because, He's clearly capable of more than he was giving us for years and years and years. This isn't like a, and at some point, I think we did say like, you know, maybe he's just this bad, but if he was that bad, like that was frustrating. And the defensive effort we've gotten from Tobias has been night and day from what we've seen from the rest of his time here. The quick decision-making, even at his best was not like this. It was never like this. This is a different player, and this is a player who's helpful. So, yeah, like you said, like, is he going to be a piece who gets traded if the Sixers think they can get a Bradley Beal or even maybe they think they can get a Jalen Brunson this offseason? Like, maybe? I don't know. Um, I don't know what Daryl thinks of Tobias at this point or thinks of his effort. I don't think that we should redefine Tobias's time here based on these, 
you know, 10 really good games he's had. But I do think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he, the criticism he had before was still very fair. But I don't want to think about the rest of it because right now I'm really happy with this group. I'm really happy with how they're playing. And, I mean, he's giving you all – all we've asked for this whole time is all co- coming together for him right now. And, um, obviously, he's not going to be a $35, $37 million guy. He's just not that player. You can't blame him for that. That was an Elton thing. That was whatever. But I always felt like this whole time, oh, you only are unhappy with him because of his contract. Like, that's such a cop-out, you know? Like, he wasn't giving us what he could have done. And now he's giving us what I think a lot of us felt he was capable of if he really wanted it. And he's playing better than I've ever seen him play. So much, but even in his bad games, better than I've ever seen him play. And it is phenomenal to watch. And it, it is making things easier on the rest of the team. Um, you mentioned Matisse being better. Matisse has been awful for weeks. Um, I thought game three, he was better. And I thought tonight he was better. Um, less jumpy on defense. Really defense, I care about more than everything. Like you pointed out, he did hit the three and that was big early on. Um, that's not why he's out there ever. It's never exactly. a problem. It's so. not something we need from him. Um, the you know when they went in that zone, obviously Matisse might be more comfortable in the zone than anyone because at Washington they ran a ton of zone when he was in college. Um, to the point where there was, was question: Can he play man in the pros? Um, and after watching him like jump at Jimmy Butler, pump fake threes, which is like the last thing you want to do, um, I thought he's really settled down, settled into the series and. You know, done a good job. And I think part of it is that MB's back and he knows that, you know, if he can chase guys off the three-point line, he doesn't necessarily need to stay in front of them. He can do the thing where he tries to block them from behind, knowing he has help by the basket. Um, but just so much better effort from him um, to the point where he was just, he was a helpful player in a way he hasn't been the rest of these playoffs, um, especially when they put him, you know, as one of the top players in that two-three zone. Um uh, before we move on to, you know, the rest of the series, is there anything else you want to say about game four? Um, I hope that Tobias is okay. I listened to his post game and he was like, he said it really hurt to talk and cause he took a forearm to the throat. Mm-hmm. And so not that that's like, like you can play if you can't talk, but it's hard to communicate with your teammates if you can't talk. So I hope right. that that doesn't like, carry over into game five just because it would just make things a little bit more difficult and I hope he feels better I don't think it was like a dirty play but I wouldn't want Bam's forearm in my throat ever so no I agree I don't think Bam was trying to hurt him I don't think I'm not even sure it should have been a foul it's just kind of an unfortunate you know it wasn't yeah he just called him they didn't call him so I'm not sure it's a it's a really weird rule that I didn't know that because the Sixers called a timeout I guess that like ten to Tobias, then the refs can't go review it. Which doesn't make a lot of sense because if the refs don't stop the game for a guy who's hurt and the team has to waste one, yeah, like it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I have never heard that rule either. That's very bizarre. Um, going back. That's all I got. Fun game. Yeah, Um, it was excited for game five. I am too. Um, Sixers won game three by twenty. Obviously, you know Joel's. Joel's return was a big story there um, and made a big difference. He only had, you know, 18 points, 11 rebounds, but um, Bam only had nine points on nine shots. And, you know, quite a few of his points, I think, were when Paul Reed was in. 
Um, Paul Reed was much better than he was in game two. Um, I thought he had a good game three, but uh, you know, it's Joel Embiid. Um, he had good minutes tonight too, I thought. No, he did for sure. I think, you know, I'm glad actually, you know, it would have been, and Doc really frustrated me earlier in the in this series in the first two games. I hated the DeAndre Jordan minutes, but the way we, the way Doc gets talked about, you know, you would have thought that it was a lock that DeAndre Jordan was getting the backup center minutes because Paul had an awful game too. Um, he looked lost out there. Um, and he got another shot game three, he got another shot game four, and he's been really good the last couple of games, just like he was really good game one. And it's made a difference. You know, they're, in a way we've never seen, they're not a disaster in the non-indeed minutes. And it's not like Paul is uh-huh. carrying them. It's just that he's not actively hurting them like other guys we've seen. And, you know, they have Harden out there when Embiid is not, and they have Maxi out there. And they're still a threat on offense in a way they haven't been without Embiid. And so, yeah, it would happen earlier this season too. Like Drummond was a really good backup, but he was, he was. But I do think, you know, Paul is so much different from Drummond in the sense that, you know, when you play these teams, like, you know, the Heat are going to go small um, with Deadman out. You know, you're at seven yeah. guys. You know, I think your seven got some minutes. Um, I want to check real quick how many he got. I'm sorry, he didn't get any minutes. They played Morris three minutes, and besides that, they went small, um, which was kind of what was expected, although I do think your seven's a good player. Um, but, you know, I think in the past, you go small and you force one of the Sixers' bigs to come outside. Like, Drummond is not, Drummond's not defending anyone on the perimeter. Paul Reed stays in front of guys, you know, it's like, and I, I do think that's a big thing in the playoffs. And I've talked about this before. It's been part of my criticism of Ben Simmons. I don't want to make this a Ben Simmons podcast, um, but it's been part of my talk around the Sixers. The Sixers have a star, Joel Embiid, who doesn't have a glaring weakness. You know, he's just kind of good at everything. And the best way to compliment a guy like that is to, put guys around him or who are just kind of good at everything, who don't have big weaknesses. Because, you know, the way the playoffs go is when you play a team seven straight times, you know, you figure out how to exploit them. The playoffs are a game of weaknesses. And they always have been. It's not surprising that, you know, the Sixers, going back to as soon as Embiid went in the playoffs, where the guys they put around him were, you know, they could shoot, but they can't play defense. They can play defense, but they can't shoot. It's been all we've seen. And this team that they have around him is finally like, even in terms when he's not on the floor with Paul Reed, it's like the guys they have out there, it's like, yeah, they're just kind of fine at everything. And it you can't let the you know other team pick them apart like that. Um, and going back to game three, I mean, it was close most of the game, but they pulled away at the end. They won by 20. Maxi had no points in the first half and ended up, you know, I think five or six from three, but five for five in the second half and had 21 points in the game. Um, what were your, you know, takeaways from that? Harden was a plus 27 by far a team high. Um, this is kind of two straight good games for him. Great game tonight. Um, I mean, what are you seeing from, you know, this turnaround, especially with MD coming back? Um, I mean, I just think it's really encouraging. I think it just goes to show like what a difference maker he is in the court he draws so much attention and gets guys like such better looks like the looks that they were getting in game one were not great and that was evidenced by the ball never going through the hoop like ever and so to see them like actually what 
It was awful. <laughs> it was painful, like legitimately painful. Um, he's just, even with Embiid is not like offensive vocal point, just having him out there makes so much of a difference. And so I just feel like moving forward, if he's playing, then it's a whole new series. And I don't even think, I mean, the series is tied 2-2. We just needed him to play to get it there. And it's really a three a three game series like I don't think really that those first two games mean anything just like how a lot of the games in the first half of this season don't mean anything because these are two completely different teams like the, the team that played game one and two is different than the team that played game three and four and so I would take our odds with that team from games three and four no I mean I'm with you and you know to your point I want to read a couple quotes from uh Doc Rivers after the game these are quotes Lauren Rosen tweeted out um, Doc was asked how the Sixers can carry their momentum back to Miami for game five. And he said, well, Joel's going to be on the plane. And it really is that simple. Like, this guy has made the difference in the series. It'll obviously be different. You know, going back to Miami, the officiating will be different. The atmosphere will be different. But they, you know, they overcame the Scott Foster game tonight. James Harden did the impossible and won a Scott Foster game. Um, Another one from Lauren. Doc Rivers on Joel Embiid. He does everything for us. We haven't seen the best of Joel in the series yet. I think the best is yet to come for Joel in the series. I totally agree. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Doc giving quotes after the game that I like. Um, usually he does the opposite of that. So um, I'm a little conflicted there. Um, but, you know, I was I was just furious with Doc after games one and two. Um, the Jordan minutes killed him. And we don't have to talk about game one and two too much because they're, they feel so far in the past now that Joel's back. Um, I, I thought he did an awful job. You know, it was a hard situation, of course. Um, it wasn't crazy to think that Sixers could steal one of those two games. And they didn't. And Doc Rivers was a big part of that. I mean, um, part of it was that they shot the ball terribly. But, I mean, they were just so hamstrung by playing DeAndre Jordan those minutes. You know, it, the Sixers probably have the two worst players in the league in Jordan and Millsap. Um, the two worst players in the league. Probably the two worst players that are on any roster right now. Um, that would be a fun exercise. Like, who is the worst player on the roster? It, it would be. And I think an if we did podcast. it, we would come out with these two guys. Like, I, <laughs> And I think Daryl deserves a lot of criticism for how those first two games went, for just giving Doc the option. Um Doc is so stubborn. I mean, I wanted him fired between game one and two. I thought they would have had a better chance game two. Um, I, re- I, I, I mean that. I stand behind that. But um, with Embiid, Doc, with Embiid back, I do feel like Doc has found something. You know, I, I think that he's figured out how to play Joel and Harden. I think he's figured out, you know, a better rotation with the rest of the guys. We're seeing Paul Reed out there. Um, I. I feel good about this team right now. And like I said, I don't want to harp on game one and two too much because it's such a different series than those games. But, you know, of course they were home games, but the fact of the matter is the Sixers are 2-0 and with Embiid in this series. And I think, you know, we talked about this beforehand. They are the better team if Joel's in the series. That doesn't mean that you are 2-2 two and two at this point, right? Like, it's not something you take for granted that Joel comes back. And of course you win these two games. These were hard fought games. The whole team had to play well. Harden really stepped up tonight. Um, And I think that there's a lot to feel good about 
going into game five. I mean, how are, how are you feeling the rest of the series plays out? What are you, um, I know, you know, you're going to game six. I'm going to try to go to game six as well. Um, what are you, what are you feeling? You know, uh, are we talking, you know, six, you're going to win the series, you know, who's going to win the series? How many games are we thinking right now? Like what's, what's the vibe here? Um, I'm just going Sixers and I want to say Sixers and six, but it's probably more like Sixers and seven. I just don't know that they'll win four in a row. I think that's really hard to do. Um, but then I also like, don't, I kind of, I think they're going to win game five and then I don't see them dropping one at home. So maybe it will be four in a row. Um, I just think the team with Embiid is better than that Heat team. Like it's kind of a fraudulent one seed. Jimmy Butler is really good, but he's not Joel Embiid. Like star for star, they don't, they don't match up. So I, I feel like we win the series. If we lose the series, like, am I going to be like gobsmacked shock no but I feel like we have more talent we have the best player on the court and I think that we now have the momentum on our side so I think if we go to Miami and steal one there then I think it's kind of game over if we win game five we win the series I feel confident in that yeah you know I tend to agree with you um you know, I, my original pick was Sixers and seven, assuming Joel comes back game three, and I was even thinking they steal one of the first two. They didn't steal one of the first two, but Joel came back, and they're just so much the better team. Um, and I, if I had to pick, if it was, you know, if I was betting all my life savings on, you know, the score of the series, I would say Sixers and six. Like, I, I think the most likely outcome at this, and like you said, and I, I agree with you, if the Heat win this series, I'm not going to be shocked. Um, I'll be really sad, but I won't be shocked. Um, I think at this point, the most likely outcome is the Sixers win the next two games. Like, I think they can go into Miami and win. And then I think it comes back here and they can close it out. And um, I think it is just as good as the series could have gone at this point. I mean, Butler stepped up. I don't think Lowry's getting much better. He's clearly bothered, and I'm I'm not cheering that on. I, I wish he was healthy, um, but he doesn't look right. Um, no. With Embiid back, they can shut down here. They can, you know, the perimeter guys can can do a better job knowing he's back there. Um, I know Adebayo had a good game tonight, but um, it wasn't like game one and two though. It wasn't like it wasn't. He, he's always gonna be good. He's a great player, but. Embiid can control him in a way that no one else can. Yeah. And so you're going to, he's going to get, you know, 20, whatever, but like, it's just a different. Well, it is. And that was the thing that struck me from game three is Bam had post position a lot of times and passed out. And that's not something you see when you go, even, you know, I was a fan of the small ball lineup compared to DeAndre Jordan playing, but it's not something you see when Tobias or George Niang is on Bam Adebayo. It's not something you see when DeAndre Jordan's on Bam Adebayo. And it's even not something you see when Paul Reed is on Bam Adebayo, although I think he's done a good job for every game besides game two of the series, is mm-hmm. he is not going to be aggressive near the basket with Joel Embiid in the game, and that changes the series. It does, I mean, he was their best player for games one and two. Uh, Butler's phenomenal, but he was their best player games one and two, Bam was, and it, it changes the series. Yeah. Um, I... I feel great I'm, I'm very excited about how this game went hey everyone drew here stay tuned after the break dan and emily will give their thoughts on the remaining playoff teams and 
their outlook on the current series with the Heat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Taking a look at the other relevant series in the East here. Um, you know, we have Boston, Milwaukee. I think a bit of a surprise. Milwaukee is playing without Chris Middleton. Pretty sure they've been outscored in this series because they got killed in game two. But nevertheless, they're up two to one. Um, and... I, I've watched the series and neither team looks that impressive. And I don't want to start like, you know, the Sixers still have a, a tough challenge on their hands, but like, I feel good about that. I, you know, I don't feel like they're in a situation where any of the teams left are like a lock to beat the Sixers. You know, it's not like, you know, the league isn't set up like we've seen in the past where it's like, you know, Oh, whoever comes out of these is probably going to lose to the Warriors or something like that. Or like whoever comes out of this side of the conference is probably going to lose to LeBron. Um, it's just a different league than we saw, you know, just a few years ago. And Celtics and the Bucks look unimpressive. Even, you know, Phoenix, who's been phenomenal all year, is in a 2-2 series. They just lost two straight to Dallas. Um, the Warriors are probably going to beat the Grizzlies. Grizzlies haven't looked that great all the playoffs, and they lost a game to the Grizzlies already, and, you know, jaws hurt, so that's a big part of it. Um, I mean, what have you seen from around the league? Because for me, I would say right now, I, I – I don't see a team that I think I would even pick the Sixers to lose to. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been able to watch any of the Celtics Milwaukee series. So, but I, I am surprised that Milwaukee's up. I thought the Celtics would win it. Um, even though I want Milwaukee win it. So that's great. But yeah, I think there's the playoffs are kind of like a test of durability and there's so many injuries because these guys have been playing for, you know how many months and their bodies are kind of worn down and it's just like who can get as many people to the finish line at the highest level possible and so I think that it's really anyone's anyone's game no one is like those like that like Kevin Durant Steph Curry Clay Thompson Warriors team like that was how many years ago and they have a lot of the same guys but they're all like five six years older no team with like a big three like everyone kind of has like a big two and then some change and not even everyone, like I would say the Warriors and the Suns do. Um, I don't know. I just think, yeah, like you said, it's weird. There's no like dynasty team. It really, I think it's anyone's game. So see who gets to the final and see what happens. Yeah, I I mean, you know, and I'm going to knock on wood here. Um, I, I don't want to say that things can't get worse for the Sixers because they <laughs> always can. They're the Sixers. 
Um, and I'm not trying to say they can't because I have watched the Sixers just like everyone else has, and I know that it always gets worse no matter what you think is going to happen. But if this has been my thing, it's like every championship team has a point where you think they can't win it. Um, you know, the Bucs should have lost the Nets last year before they didn't lose. Um, it looked like they were going to lose, going to lose, and then, uh, you know, Durant's toe was on the line in game seven. Mm -hmm. Every championship team goes through this kind of thing. I mean, the Raptors without the Kawhi injury, no shot. And the Lakers were in the bubble. That doesn't count. It looked like that season wasn't even going to happen. Um, but, you know, it, if, if the Sixers were to pull off something miraculous here, we would, it'd be easy to look back and see and say, you know, yeah, they took their blow early. You know, this was their, I'm not saying that they can't have another blow or MD can't get hit in the head again and it gets worse and you start not trying to jinx it and say these things can't happen because of course they can. But the Sixers have taken their blows here, you know, and be with the thumb getting better, be with the head getting better, overcoming the games out with a concussion. I mean, these are things we saw early on. Even the, you know, the, the up 3 0, everyone's making jokes. Oh, Doc Rivers is going to be the one to blow the 3 0 lead. They get, get, get cut it to 3 2, have to go to Toronto on the road for game six, only up 3 2 after being up 3 0. I mean, that's the kind of thing that is awful that you don't want to go through, but it seems like championship teams go through. Like championship teams overcome these kinds of things. The Sixers have overcome these kinds of things. And it's only going to get tougher, of course. The Sixers should not be the favorite and are not the favorite, of course. But what they've shown me so far is, and, and I get that, you know, people have been frustrated with the team all year with the end stuff. And, you know, especially people hate Doc, and I get it, I understand. But it seems like the vibes within the team, and if you take yourself away and you look at what this team has done, they believe in each other. They bounce back from tough things. It's just what they've done. And, and you know, I being down 2-0 is just another example where they can bring it back to 2-2. And, and they've shown a resolve that we've seen from teams. I mean, I don't know what – let me know what you think, but I, I, I think that this team has shown me something that I haven't seen from Sixers teams in the past. Yeah, I agree. I think they have, like, a grit and they have, like, a, a, a drive. Um, I think it comes from, well, I think Embiid has always really wanted to win a lot. I feel like he's taken a lot of teams, like the team on his back. Um, but I also think it comes from Maxi a lot. I think that he has like an insane work ethic. And when you work that hard at something, like I feel like it kind of rubs off on other people. I just think that these guys are always just going to like kind of try and show up for the big moment and try and just do what they can and grit through it. And it's been working so far um and it's a fun it's fun to watch when everyone is like in it and locked in I think these guys like each other which is fun um they're playing for each other and with each other and yeah I love this team right now they're making me happy right now yeah I think you know it was something people were talking about um they're going into the playoffs just like they beat the Pistons in that last regular season game and Matisse and Doc just the biggest fucking wet blankets like you know, Matisse with his, like, bullshit explanation for why he's not vaccinated. And Doc talking about, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's not a Paul Reed victory lap and, you know, all, you know, this and that. And 
there there were you know there was talk and I, and I get it I didn't agree but I get it there's like yeah the vibes with this team suck you know like that this they have a you know a nice couple wins in the regular season and this is how they're talking um but you know Mike Chiodo who was our last podcast guest said it and I agreed where it's like yes I get that you are frustrated with this team and I understand it there's you know, Doc is frustrating he's annoying you know Matisse big loser I get it. I get it. You know, um, but within the team, which is all that matters, doesn't matter what we think. Doesn't matter if we think that Tobias is a waste of space out there and they got a salary dump him, right? The team likes him. Doesn't matter that you know. We think that Doc is you know can't motivate anyone and says bad things in his press conference. The the team seems to show up for Doc, right? And you know. What Mike said, and I agreed, is that the vibes were fine. Yes, they're annoying to us. Who cares what we think? Within the team, they get along. They're happy. They play for each other. They have good energy. You know, they, they, yeah, they blew a ton of leads this year, but that was before they had Harden. It was, it was a stylistic thing. It wasn't a will-to-win thing, you know? It's like, yes, now they have a guy who can run the shot clock down and get you a bucket at the end of the shot clock, which they haven't had when they've been blowing these leads. Um, and I think that the vibes are fine. I don't think that there's an issue with that. I think the talent is there, though they're more talented team in the series. They're arguably the more talented team in a Celtics or Bucks series. And, you know, who knows who comes out of the West, but I, I you know, once you get to, if you can get to the finals, it's anyone's, anyone's series. And so um, this Sixers team, you know, to me is there in a way that they haven't had teams be there. Um, and, you know, we could start to wrap up soon a little bit, but, um, you know, I want to know, you know, besides things we've talked about so far, I mean, what are, what are your takeaways at this point? I mean, what have you learned from this team? What are you looking for, for the rest of the series? Um, we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have our third home game guaranteed. Uh, game six is happening. Um, I mean, what are you, what are you seeing here? Yeah, I just think it's, is really encouraging the way that they're playing. I love that they're aggressive. They seem to be playing more aggressively. They're driving to the basket. They're kind of, they're using the shot clock appropriately instead of like ripping early threes when there's like plays that could have been developed. Um, I just think that they're, they're fine. They're doing, I don't, I'm not worried right now. I feel okay, but like that's always going to come back and like bite me in the ass when I feel fine. Um, that's how this team seems to go, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I say that we just like ride high on our optimism. I know we don't sound that optimistic, but that's because it's midnight and I think we're tired. But I promise that I'm like legitimately optimistic. These games were really fun to watch. I feel like ex- exponentially less stressed watching these games when Joel Embiid is on the court. Um, I had like knots in my stomach for games one and two, and these two, I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. I feel like it'll be fine. It did feel like a win the whole game. Like it was yeah. close, but I was like, I think they're gonna win it. Like I just, I felt the way before the game. It was like they, it feels like they're they have it. Yeah. So um, our vibes are high, their vibes are high, and I just say we roll with it. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's been. Um, a weird series, obviously, but you know, they're like I said, they're 2-0 with Joel back. Um, Joel's there the rest of the series. And so 
Um, you know, it's, it'll be exciting to see what happens the next few days. Um, but I felt this way since the Raptors series. This team feels different than the other teams we've had. And, you know, it's so easy to be like, you know, you said it. And I agree with you. It's like, yeah, the Heat are, are a shitty one seed. You know, they're a fraudulent one seed. Whatever. I, I don't disagree. You know, um, they're not the best team in the conference. No one has thought they were all year, right? Like, two, three, four, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, even seven, the Nets, right? Like, these are teams people think had a better shot than the, than the Heat. But we lost to the Hawks in the second round last, last year. Like, I slept on your couch. It was the most miserable night of my life. Like, I, we, just because a team seems like a team you should beat doesn't mean that we're used to the Sixers beating them. You know, we've seen the lows. We've seen as low as it gets. And this, this team hasn't ducked that low. You know, the, you can excuse the first two games of the series, in my opinion. No, Joel, who cares? Yeah, games, you know, five and six, the Raptors series were awful. But you know what? The team goes as Embiid goes. Embiid's hand was hurting. It's better now. You know, it, he looked off. He looks better. And so it's like, I, I don't want to write off every loss. Of course, you know, they could always, you know, be better. They're, they could have won some of those games. Um, but, like, in the games they've had to win, they've been there. They've shown up. They've, you know, in the games when Embiid is, is healthy and, and looking like himself, they've won. They've won, I don't want to say easily. Game three against the Raptors certainly wasn't easy, but, like, they've won them. And besides that game, they've won pretty convincingly, if not easily. You know, mm-hmm. like, looking like, coming out looking like they were definitely the better team. And Agreed. We're in a unique situation. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not saying they're going to win this series. Although I think they will, who knows? I wouldn't be shocked if they lost, like we said. And I'm not saying they're going to win the next series or the next series. But I wouldn't be shocked if they did. And in, this is in a way where I would I would have been shocked if the Sixers won last year. I mean, the path to the finals was a joke. The, that box team was unimpressive for most of the playoffs, and they won the, the finals. And I still would have been shocked if the Sixers won because they didn't have whatever it, they have right now. It's different. It's factor. It's different. It just is. It feels different. It feels so different. Um, and this was a beautiful win. Um, you know, I think we we hit most of the bases. Like I said, no need to harp on games one and two. And tonight is the big one. Um, and tonight was awesome. It was the best we've seen Harden as a sixer. Um, do you have any other big takeaways before we uh, head off here? No, next time we record, we'll know. The series will be over. So yes, it will. Um, we will know what's happening. Yeah, we will. Um, so we'll either look really yeah. smart or really dumb. We'll see. The schedule this week: the Sixers play in Miami on Tuesday. They play in Philadelphia on Thursday, and if necessary, they play in Miami on Sunday. Uh, and we'll see how the rest of the series goes. Um, we both have the Sixers winning it. Uh, we will see if we're right. We all had the Sixers winning it coming in. And they haven't done a lot to change my mind. Um, I thought they weathered a pretty tough heat storm tonight. You can't expect this from Harden every night, but this was really encouraging to see that just that he has it in him at all and that he could bring it out in the big moments. Um, yeah, uh, another perfect podcast from us. Uh, Steve, we love you. We miss you. Um, Sixers, like I said, Tuesday, Thursday, if necessary, Sunday. We will be glued to our TVs 
Um, I'm not gonna be able to think about anything else the next couple of days. Um, this is very, very exciting. And um, beautiful win tonight. So um, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully this will be up. Well, it's late, it's already, it's already Monday technically because it's 12 mm -hmm. we're just finishing up but um you know monday morning this should be out like real morning um and thank you for listening um you know we will be with you next sunday for you know hopefully what is hopefully fingers crossed knock on wood a preview of our eastern conference finals um but we'll see i mean it's been it's been a fun series so far and i'm looking forward to the rest so um yeah, that's all we've got. Uh, be safe and be great. And uh, we will, you know, we will see you next week and we'll see. It's either going to be an overjoyed or a miserable podcast. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, bye everyone. Bye, Emily. Bye.